you're listening to the high upside show a podcast that allows people like you and me to invest our money in a more entertaining way my name is keen arrivals i'm a photographer by the day but i make most of my money by flipping cards in this show i'll be sitting down with you and sharing my best practices you'll learn my process the lessons i've learned and more importantly who you should be buying all right, guys, so before we get into the show, I do want to let you all know that this was a podcast that was previously recorded before the NBA suspended this season. Initially, I wasn't going to put it out just because I felt like the the idea of buying cards isn't like a, a thing right now. A lot of people are down. A lot of the prices are down. But when you think about just the overall facts and why I said the things that I said, they're still very much in play. None of these players are, you know, lesser players so yeah, everything that I that I said, I still stand by. And once the market kind of picks back up, you know, once we kind of get past this uh, pandemic, you know, I, th- I think prices are going to surge again. I think the NBA is going to be, you know, at an all time high. And yeah, everything that I say here still sticks. So hopefully you enjoy this one, even though it's a little bit outdated, but man, things are just getting outdated every day. I'm still going to be doing these every month because I think there's still going to be some buyers, you know, in the market and there's going to be some great buying opportunities. So let me know in the comments, you know, who you want me to talk about next. Is there a player you're looking at now that prices are down? And yeah, let's get into it. What's up, guys? And welcome back to the High Upside Show. It's your boy, Keenan Rivals. And today is going to be a podcast that you've all been begging me to make. Okay, begging's probably a little dramatic, but I have been getting a lot of requests to talk about the market, like the current state of it. And initially, I had a totally different podcast plan for this week, but I thought, you know, why not? It is going kind of crazy. Things are things are happening and things are happening every day. We're kind of having like some parabolic movement right now. So I thought like, how can I give back to you guys? How can I answer some of your questions? You know, in a way, how can I guide you through this? Because it's probably not this often where you buy something at, you know, say $10 and then it's $50 the next week. You know, your your initial reaction is, is going to be like, hey, should I sell? Like, what should I do? I just Forex my money. And yeah, that's a normal reaction. What we don't know if if this is going to continue. Everyone's asking, like, is this a bubble? Is it going to burst? Um, and I thought I would give some opinions about that. So what I did was I wrote a nice little blog post, kind of just going over my initial thoughts of the hobby, the current state of it. I'll leave a link to that down below if you guys kind of want to check that out. But today I thought we'd focus on just individual players, you know, not the hobby, you know, as a whole, but just individual people. So I went on Instagram, I made a post on my blog, and I asked you guys to let me know who you wanted me to talk about. So if you don't follow me on those platforms, if you don't follow me on Instagram, Twitter, if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, then definitely do so because I think I'm going to do this every month where I talk about different players and just kind of go over if you should buy, sell, or hold them. So yeah, I think we're going to make this a monthly segment, and it's just going to be called Buy, Sell, Hold. So yeah, definitely follow me on those platforms because I'm sure you want me to go over your player. I'm sure you want that advice. I'm sure you want to know, like, should I sell this guy? Should I keep him? What's the play here? Now, I do want to let you guys know this obviously isn't investment advice. This is just what I would do if I was in your position, if I had cards of that guy. Um, And a lot of this is very, like, subjective. You know, this depends on, like, you know, what price you might have bought that card at. You know, did you buy it last week? Did you buy it six months ago? You know, what is your percentage in terms of profit looking like? A lot of those will obviously play into my decision. If you're selling this guy, what are you going to do with the money? Do you need the money now? Are you buying somebody else? So keep that in mind when I kind of go over these different players and be sure to ask yourself those questions when you kind of get into that uh, you know, situation. So yeah, let's get into this. Um, 
So one of you mentioned that you had a Trey Young card, uh, Prism PSA 9 rookie card, and you kind of wanted some more insight on what I would do if I had this card. I actually recently just bought a PSA 9 Trey Young. I think they're really good value right now. I'm definitely holding on to mine. I'm a big believer not just in Trey Young, but just like the Hawks overall. I love the young core, especially if they can like, keep John Collins and sign him to an extension. So Trey Young's definitely a long-term hold for me. I've also went out on different platforms and said that I think Trey Young will outsell Luka later in life. Pretty bold statement, but it's something I do believe. So would I sell that card now? Probably not. But again, I don't know your situation. Maybe you take some profits on that card and you move it into a different position that might be more profitable throughout the playoffs. You know, there's a huge chance that Trey Young could dip um, during the offseason and you might be able to, you know, make some more gains elsewhere and then go back and grab that card. But there's also a chance that, you know, the market can keep going up and Trey Young is obviously on the forefront of that. So for me, because it's such a cheap card, there's a low entry price. It's something that I will hold. You know, I see these Prism cards, these rookie cards of Trey Young and Luka being up there with like Steph Curry and James Harden. So I see them being worth, you know, thousand, two thousand dollars um, later down the road and having a PSA nine version of that could potentially be like a five hundred or seven hundred dollar card. So with those kind of low entry cards, I'm definitely playing the long game. And the reason I'm playing the long game is because it's a low entry card. You know, it's fifty, it's sixty dollars, depending on when you got it. I think right now they're going for like eighty. I end up losing out on that if Trey Young gets injured or if he starts to shoot like twenty percent from three or whatever, then I lost sixty bucks. Like big you know, it's not a big deal. If that was like a you know, blue ice prism, then I'd probably sell, you know, but because it's a PSA nine, I think it's a long-term hold. And I think Trey Young goes on to have a fantastic career. That same person also asked about my logic in terms of buying Kevin Herter. And yeah, it just goes back to me loving the Hawks. You know, it's the same reason why you might buy Lonzo Ball, who plays with Zion. I think Atlanta's going to be an amazing team. I think they're a fan favorite. Um, Atlanta's just on to come up, you know, culturally. So like, I'm really buying into that. And when I watch Kevin Herter play, he's not just your typical spot-up shooter. He's somebody who can put the ball on the floor. He also has solid vision for, like, a taller guard. You know, when he plays, he tends to get five, six, seven, sometimes 11 assists. So I'm just buying into shooters right now. That's where the that's where the NBA is going. Everyone's an elite shooter. And if you can find a guy that can pull up from three at any given time, then I think that's just a buy. Right now, shooters are kind of like role players. They're not you know, too popular. The NBA and the hobby still very much focuses on athleticism, but I think that's going to kind of not be the trend moving forward. I think shooters are going to be the trend and he's just not afraid to let it fly. You know, you see so many young guys who are just afraid to shoot that can't shoot. Think about Luke Kennard, you know, a couple years ago, he was so afraid to just let it fly. And this year he kind of came into his own, you know, he got injured, unfortunately, but he started putting up like 19, 20 points per game. And you know, did his prices go up in terms of the hobby? Yeah, they did. You know, I don't think Kevin Hurd is going to be some guy who's going to blow it out the park and he's going to have a, you know, $500, you know, prism. But if I can buy him at 10 bucks and sell him at 25, you know, that's a pretty good margin there for me. So that's kind of the logic there. I'm kind of banking on Trey Young being good. And then I'm buying like the supporting people around him. So I definitely think, you know, Kevin Herter, I definitely think anybody that plays for Atlanta, that's going to give you some good numbers. You know, John Collins, I think they're definite buys right now. You need to be holding. Another guy asked about a few rookies and some younger players. Um, I won't go over them all, but I'll definitely touch base on some of them. Uh, one of them was Brandon Clark. 
If you know me, you know I hate Brandon Clark because I'm a big Bruno Caboclo fan, and Brandon Clark completely came in and stole the show. I think Brandon Clark's an amazing talent. I think he's a great player. He doesn't have that umph that you tend to want from somebody, you know, in the hobby. Like, I don't think he's going to be a fan favorite. But if you time it properly, I think he can be a solid investment. You know, think about, like, Boris Diaw or David West. Like, I, I kind of see PJ in those line of players. Like, you know, just kind of like that, 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 that role player, that vet. Somebody who's going to get paid a decent amount of money in the NBA, but it's not going to translate to the hobby. If he was in a different market... I'd probably say he was a buy, you know, with a, with a short-term sale. Think about, like, Kyle Kuzma or something like that. But, yeah, I just don't see Brandon Clark, you know, blowing you away. I don't know if, it, if he's investment-worthy for me. If you have his cards, I'd definitely probably be holding just because we don't know what John Morant's going to do. We don't know what the Grizzlies are doing. If they make it to the playoffs, and that can be that perfect, you know, exit strategy you're looking for. But he's definitely not a long-term hold for me, and I definitely wouldn't be buying him banking on that. I'd, I'd much rather own Jaron Jackson who is not too expensive, but has a lot of upside. Another guy he asked about was Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And I've been wondering about them too. You know, I think people are going to start noticing Colin. You know, he's a, he's a great offensive talent. He's been putting up, you know, 19, 20 points consistently. And it just doesn't seem to translate at all. You know, everyone's super hype about John Morant. Everyone's hype about, you know, uh, Trey Young and other point guards. And, and Colin's balling out just as well. But Again, I just don't see it translating into the hobby. He's like Darren Collison. He's that point guard that can put up numbers, but it's not just going to blow you out the water. You know, he's Ty Lawson. He's Jordan Clarkson. You know, like those players just tend not to bring a lot of money and value. And a lot of it is due to the market. Uh, a lot of it is due to like their style of play. Like Collins a great scoring guard, but he just doesn't do anything special. Like he's not going to wow you offensively. He's not going to like, he's not a guy that you're going to pay to go see. Like if you're not a guy that I'm going to pay to go see, then, like, I obviously don't want your cards. Like, you don't go watch the Cavaliers and be like, yay, Colin Sexton. You don't go watch Memphis and be like, Brandon Clark, you know. Like, you might like those guys, but you're not going to the game to see those guys. And same thing with Kevin Herter. Like, you're not going to the Hawks game to see Kevin Herter, but you are going to see the show. Like, Kevin Herter is very much a part of the show. So, like, that's why I think he's a good buy, but, like, these other players aren't. Now, again, if Memphis goes to the playoffs, then – now we're not looking at Brandon Clark as an individual. We're looking at Brandon Clark, the show. You know, we're looking at Brandon Clark, who plays alongside of John Moran and Jaron Jackson. We're looking for lives. We're looking for, you know, crazy offense. And, and, and that might yield some, some gains. But with those kind of players, I think it's really just about timing. I think they're offensively talented enough to where they're all going to have that spike. But you just got to know when to get out. You know, that was me with Michael Porter Jr. Like, Michael Porter Jr. went up, and I got out. And when he went back down, I bought in again because – Long term, I think he's going to be a good guy, but when I saw him having those 20-point games, like I knew that wasn't sustainable off the bench because people were injured. So I sold off everything that I didn't want to keep anymore at great profits, and then I bought higher-end cards when they went back down. So, yeah, I think, though, I think if you own those guys, then they're holds because they may have some potential you know, in the playoffs or next year, but I definitely wouldn't buy them, and I don't think they're doing well enough to where you want to sell them. All right, let's move on. So another guy you guys asked about was Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think the person who asked about him was probably because I keep blogging about him. So if you're not following the uh, newsletter, definitely go do so. But yeah, man, I'm big on Shea. I think Shea is like the most underrated player in the hobby right now. And obviously I mean that when you like compare him to, you know, Luca or Trey or Michael Porter Jr. or Jaron Jackson. Like he, he's putting up 20 points a game. 
He's putting up six rebounds. He's putting up three assists. And we all know Chris Paul plays like bully ball. Like, Chris Paul wants the ball. So, like, he's doing that while playing alongside of Chris Paul at the same position. He's 6'5". He has an insane wingspan. He changes the game defensively. It's rare you get a two-way player who plays the point guard. And the league loves two-way players. So when I watch Shea, I think of John Morant. You know, he's like a slower John Morant. He does all the moves, all the layups, all the dribbling. He, he can do everything that John Morant does, but he just plays in OKC, and he doesn't get the attention. And I think that's going to change come playoff time. You know, the, the Thunder are like the fifth seed right now. And, you know, they're going to fluctuate between five, seven, eight, whatever. But they're going to make the playoffs, which is shocking to everybody. And I don't know. You know, I'm not saying they're going to have any upsets or anything of that nature because I don't see that happening. But I do think we see, you know, Shea play in, you know, five or six games and get to really um, showcase what he can do. You know, he did it with uh, the Clippers last year, but he just wasn't loud about it. And I think now he has the opportunity to be loud. When you look at his numbers, like, it just makes sense. Like, he's a solid three-point shooter. He's flashy around the rim. He has all the tools to, you know, kind of go to the next level. And then on top of that, he's 21 years old. He's 21 at 6'5". Hasn't even, like, developed into his frame yet. You know, hasn't even, like, learned how to use his body yet. Hasn't even, like, 100% figured out how to be a great passer yet. Hell, he doesn't really have anybody to pass to yet. OKC, they're winning. So, when I look at his cards and I see, like, his, uh, you know, prism base, PSA 10 going for 100 bucks, but then I can look and I can see like, oh, his select silver is only going for 100 bucks. Like never should the select silver and the PSA base be the same price point. So there's like some real, I don't, I don't know if this is how you use the word, but some real arbitrage, like opportunity there. You know, people aren't really noticing that there's other cars. They're like buying into the prism. They understand prism's hot. Yeah, the, the select silver should be like, you know, at least two times as much as the prism base. So and then when you look at that number, you're like, oh, but the, the Prism Silver is going 300 bucks PSA 10. Well, the Prism Silver should be at least three times the price of the Select Silver. But then you look at the Prism Silver and you see that's going for 300 bucks. So then if the Select Silver is undervalued at 100 and that should be a $250 card, that then makes the Prism Silver undervalued and that should be a you know, $500 card. So I don't see why there's any reason why you know, he, he's that price point. And that's when you like go back and look at Trey Young. You're like, well, Trey Young's silver is like 700 bucks. So Shea's probably not going to reach 500. Then you kind of realize that, okay, Trey Young's a little undervalued here. When can, you know, so there's a lot of undervalue going on because people aren't comfortable spending that money yet. But as the hobby goes on, people will get comfortable. You know, these, the, the, the prices of boxes are $500. Like why wouldn't the card from that box yield a similar return? So I think Shea's extremely undervalued when you factor in his current performance, his potential. So if you don't own any of his, he's a buy. Like, he's one of the future point guards of this league. He's going to be an all-star. He's extremely talented, and he plays with so much poise and so much chill that that means he hasn't even, like, broken out of his show yet. Like, wait, you know how Jason Tatum used to kind of be, like, reserved and he just kind of played back a little bit like that's Shea right now but Shea's doing it and he's still averaging 20 points per game I also think it's really cool that he's on that OKC team you know Chris Paul might get traded or he might leave but you know right now Shea's just getting all that all that knowledge he's soaking it all in Chris Paul's like hey this is how you do this this is how you do that maybe we see Shea Gill just in a state farm ad you know I don't know how far this is going to go but I do see him as a buy I'd personally probably stay away from the prism I think some of the silvers from the other brands are far more attractive. I just picked up a, a light blue select 
for a hundred bucks. I also won an auction for the Select Silver PSA 10 for like $125. And you know, there's only seven of those cards, guys. Like Shea Gilgis wasn't a hot prospect, you know, coming out. I mean, he was a lottery pick, but he wasn't like, he wasn't Trey Young, he wasn't Luka. So his cards weren't being submitted left and right. And as time goes on, you know, those cards are going to be a little harder to submit. There's seven PSA 10 select silvers of his. Like, maybe at the end of the day, there'll be 30 or 40. But there's like 140 of Trey Young. There's like, you know, 100 of Luka. He doesn't have a lot of cards graded. The population reports aren't that high. So this is the time to get in while no one else is looking. So, yeah, Shea's definitely a buy. And, you know, those things that I discussed, those are the things that we're looking for. Again, 6'5", solid shooter from three. Uh, can rebound, you know, he outplays his position, he can defend multiple people, he affects the game on both offense and defense, and he just has a cool name, like SGA, like, that has a vibe to it, you know, there's some marketing behind that, so, you know, OKC fans are pretty crazy, they get behind their players, and, you know, no, he's not going to be Westbrook, he's not going to be, like, dunking on everybody, that's not his game, but he's silky smooth, and I think that's going to do well for him. So who do we got next? We got Lonzo Ball, yep, somebody on Instagram asked about Lonzo Ball, um, I think I have a love-hate relationship with Lonzo. I like his game offensively, but I think it kind of bothers me that I don't see it more. It, it's it's kind of where I was at earlier on the year with Ben Simmons. Like, I know you can do more, but you're just choosing not to. And at that point, you know, I really question your drive. I think Lonzo just enjoys passing the ball. I think he enjoys winning. I honestly think that he doesn't like the spotlight on him, even though he's had it his whole life. I think that he likes that Zion's there and he can just kind of fall back and really go into his game. So with that being said, if you don't own any Lonzo, I think he's a buy. You know, they're going into the playoffs potentially, if not this year, the next year. He's just relaxed. Zion's getting all the attention and the kid can pass. Like he can really pass. And that's just going to continue to happen. Like that's just going to grow. They haven't even like built around those players yet you know they got a bunch of draft picks a bunch of trades but they really haven't figured out like where their franchise is going I think now that we've seen Zion on the floor they're like okay he's the go-to guy what do we do with Brandon Ingram do we bring in other pieces do we bring in people who can dunk do we bring in more shooters you know they're really going to build that offense out and Lonzo is going to be a core part of that so I definitely like him I like that the pressure's off him he's been scoring the ball way more the defense is way more you know locked in on on Zion the whole, like, media frenzy, you know, we hate Lonzo, let's attack him, let's make him be uncomfortable, let's show him what it's like to be a man, that's kind of dying down. So, you know, you don't have a lot of NBA players holding that grudge against him, and it's just good to see him go out there and play. If he can become, like, this ridiculous passer, if he can increase that three-point percentage, which he has been doing, then, yeah, he's going to be a fan favorite, and there's no reason why his cards won't continue to grow. All right, so before I go, I'll talk about one more guy, and that's going to be Luka Doncic, and... Specifically, we're going to be talking about his PSA 9. You know, Gary V kind of pumped that card uh, a week back or so. I've been buying them, and I've told my audience to buy them. Hopefully, you guys were on the newsletter, you got the email, and you bought them at 119 when I suggested them. Hopefully, you got that Przingis as well, because those, like, almost doubled in price. But anyway, I've been buying Luca PSA 9s, and a lot of us who followed the newsletter, we got into it around 120, you know, 125, and... Now they're up to like 190, 200. A few of you are like, hey, should I buy these at 200? Um, a part of me wants to say, yeah, I don't think it's a bad buy, but if I were you, I'd be selling. I'd be selling the Prism PSA 9 and I'd be buying the Select PSA 10. That's just me, you know, again, not financial advice, but that's what I've been doing. So 
this whole episode, this whole podcast about me being transparent. Yeah, I've been selling my PSA 9s at like their $200 price point, and I've been buying the select PSA 10 at around 175, 180. I just think it's a better buy. Um, it's an action shot of Luca. There's a far lower population. And I come from like a cryptocurrency background. So I don't know if you know you guys know about cryptocurrency, but the miners, they have to pay a certain amount of like money and electricity to mine Bitcoin. Uh, let's say for easy numbers, they pay $10,000. So if they're paying $10,000 to mine a Bitcoin, that is going to give Bitcoin the value of at least $10,000 essentially, because why would they sell for less than that? You know, that's going to make them lose money. And that's one of the, like the key factors to helping you know, give Bitcoin its value, you know, outside of like the centralization. I'm not going to make this a Bitcoin podcast. Anyway, um, with that being said, Selects a super expensive product. You know, it's 400 bucks right now. Um, it's going to continue to trend and people are paying, you know, $400 to open up that box of cards. And to me, that's Panini's like highest Chrome set. You know, there's, there's, there's Prism, which is like Midway, there's Optic, which is a little bit cheaper. And then there's Select, which is like the creme de la creme. You know, it's far less produced. It has three tiers. Um, so I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, this is this is the set they selected. You know, this is the one. You know, Prism is definitely the fan favorite, but Select's not going to be far behind. Another reason I think it's a good buy is because we see Giannis. Like, Giannis has the Prism card. It's super high. Um, and we see his Select, like, right behind it. I'm pretty bummed out about that because I sold my Giannis about two months ago, right before they popped. So, again, don't listen to me. But, yeah, because Giannis Select is so high, I think when people come into the hobby, they're going to be like, oh, okay, Giannis has a select. It's $1,000. Select's a go-to brand. And I think that's going to happen later down the line with Optic for other players. But for right now, I think the hobby is going to kind of gravitate towards select. It's the first in-action shot of a player. It's a lower population. They're just much rarer. Like, you know, they, it just makes sense. And it's a nice-looking card. And it's just a, a, a better break. You know, it's a, it's a fun experience to open it. You get those tiers. You get those tricolors. It's shinier. I think as time goes by, we're going to start looking at that as like Luca's second or third rookie. So I'm way more into the select PSA 10 than I am Prism PSA 9. Just like I'm way more into um, Luca's optic PSA 10 than I am to his Prism PSA 9. And I think the market can kind of agree on that when you look at the prices of optic. So yeah, if I have a Luca PSA 9, I'm selling, but I'm going to buy as many select PSA 10 as I possibly can. All right, guys, so before we end this show, I do want to talk a little bit about my newsletter. It's something that I just started, and it's been going really, really well. If you want to like hear this kind of content daily, then definitely go ahead and subscribe to it. It's free. There is a premium model that gives you some more benefits and things like that, but whatever. Go sign up for the free one. Most of the content is free, and yeah, it's just this daily. So if you want to hear my thoughts about the market, who I'm buying, uh, what I think is a good buy, then definitely check it out. I do like two or three emails a day. You get like some daily insight from me. And then typically most mornings and most nights, I'll send you like some auctions that I think are beneficial for you. So check it out. I'll leave the link down below and you guys can go subscribe to that. Now, I know a lot of you are also wondering about the Michael Porter Jr. giveaway. That's going to be announced next week. So keep sharing that picture. Keep commenting. Show your friends. I'm going to do a little better job this week of kind of you know, putting it out there so people can see it, make it a, to a bigger contest. And I'll be picking a random winner and I'll be announcing them next week on this show. So definitely check that out as well. Anyway, guys, that's it for today. Um, I really need some water. I know I probably sound kind of choppy on this one, but thanks for listening. Go ahead and check out that newsletter, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Happy investing.